Everything is a mindset. So many of the things that we need to do to achieve our various dreams are not complicated. Unlock possibilities by changing your mindset. You will expand what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world. You're moving into a land of both blind spots and learning, of things and ideas. You just crossed over into the mindset zone. Join your guide, Anna Malikia, founder of Solo Biz Academy, the director of education for Book Yourself Solid and a PhD in psychology. The show you are about to listen is backed by popular demand from the Mindset Zone Archive Vault. To get all new episodes, make sure you subscribe via your favorite podcast app and visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find the episode archive, show notes, and other amazing resources, including how to four times your success so you can work smarter, not harder, and learn how to leverage your talents to make a bigger impact while enjoying the process. All at Mindset.Zone. I'm so thrilled to have today here my mentor and friend, Michael Port, for this very special episode, The Mindset Zone, that is all about thinking big and what better way of starting the year. And if you are wondering who is Michael Port, Michael Port has been called an uncommonly honest author by the Boston Globe and a marketing guru by the Wall Street Journal. He has written five best-selling books, including the Book Yourself Solid, Beyond Book Yourself Solid, The Contrarian Effect, the New York Times bestseller, The Think Big Manifesto, and the Book Yourself Solid Illustrate Edition. Is also known as the guy to call when you are tired of thinking small. Thus, I had to have him to speak about the think big mindset, because thinking big is really at the core of everything he does. So welcome, Michael, and so glad that you are here. Oh, my God, I'm so happy to be here. We're going to have so much fun. <laughs> yes, and I think my first question is, why is this topic of thinking big so important for you to the point that you wrote one of your books, the, the one that was the New York Best Times bestseller, is the Think Big Manifesto? I don't like doing things small. And maybe it's pathological. Maybe there's just something wrong with me. I just... The little things in life, you know, going to the post office or the mailbox, I find all those things really, really boring. <laughs> but, you know, if there's a house burning down across the street, call me. Mm -hmm. Or if there's some other kind of, you know, big event that, that, you know, where you need to rise to the occasion, that's where I want to be. I want to be challenged. I'm going to be in, in situations and environments where I have got to solve problems that are bigger than the problems I've solved before. And I have got to try things that are potentially scarier than things I've tried before. And when I say scarier, I don't mean jumping off a cliff. I'm not actually interested in that kind of stuff. I'm not a risk taker mm. 
uh, an unnecessary risk taker. Uh, I'm actually uh, very quite sensible when it comes to those kinds of things. But I mean, something that pushes against a fear. And if it pushes against a fear, and it's and it's a fear that is getting in the way of something that I really want to do, that's where I want to be challenged, mm-hmm. which is very different than, say, for me, jumping off a cliff, hang gliding. I have no desire to, and it's not going to make my life better from my perspective. A professional hang glider may disagree, but from my perspective, no. But if there's something I want to do, say I want to uh, uh, do a, a keynote in a way that I've never done it before, mm-hmm. or you know, say, you know what, I'm gonna, we're going to you know, increase our goals by X million dollars this year, or you know, whatever, the, whatever those goals are, things that are really important to me, the things that get in our way mm-hmm. are the things that uh, scare us. Yeah. And it seems that it's a lot about stretching your own limits more, the limits of physical resistance and so forth. It's a lot about your own limits that you want to overcome. Oh, it's all a mindset. Everything is a mindset. So many of the things that we need to do to achieve our various dreams are not complicated. I mean, the book yourself, Solid System, is not complicated. It is very, very strategic. It is very well organized. It is very thoughtful. Reflection is required when building, say, your foundation or implementing other parts of the book yourself, Solid System. But that's not complicated. Mm Mm-hmm. What's complicated for many people is being able to make choices early and often. That, that, that's complicated for most people. Why? Because it pushes up against the idea that, wait, what if I make the wrong choice? Yeah. Yeah. So often the things that are challenging are not intellectually difficult. They are butting up against some of our fears. Yeah. And are not external either. So often they are internal things. Like you say, most business is one of my favorite quotes from you. Uh, most business problems are personal problems in disguise. Yeah. And sometimes, uh, sometimes, you know, the, the, those small vo- those small thoughts that we need to fight consciously against uh, at every second that we have when they start to speak up. Some of those small thoughts will try to convince you that your obstacles are external. Mm-hmm. They will say, oh, no, no, no. Well, it's because your husband is getting in your way. Or, no, no, no. It's because um, you live in a place where you can't do the thing you want to do. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the, the, the small thoughts will, will give you these, uh, these, these external reasons why you are not doing the thing you want to do. But if you, if you, if you let the big thoughts come out, the big thoughts will tell you the truth. The big thoughts will give you that little push. The big thoughts will not tell you it's okay not to, it's okay not to pursue your dreams. They won't tell you that. Mm -hmm. The big thoughts won't tell you that. So those are the ones that you want to listen to. And when you are speaking about the small thoughts and the big thoughts, the image that came to my mind is the one like sometimes you have in the movies, like the little devil and the angel, one (laughs) in each shoulder. It's really (laughs) true, man. That's how I feel sometimes. Because it's, you know, it's, I can hear them and not in a way that I should be put in an an institution. (laughs) I don't don't need that kind of help. But I, I... I recognize when I'm thinking big and when I'm thinking small. And sometimes that's the first step. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's the first step in the process. We ask ourselves, am I thinking big right now or am I thinking small right now? Mm-hmm. And if we, if we use that as our initial entry into our problem solving, then I think we solve more problems. Mm-hmm. We solve them faster. And 
the solutions that we come up with are often bigger than they would be otherwise. So, and I think that is important to recognize that these voices, and let's put the image, you know how I love images and metaphors. So let's imagine each one of us that has in one shoulder, the thinking small, in the other shoulder, the thinking big, mm. kind of companions there. And, uh, how, and they are always there. Sometimes we are listening more to one or the other mm. and recognizing, I think that is important, but how can you are saying, okay, let's in each moment when we are making a decision, we can think, okay, I'm thinking big or thinking smaller. Mm. So tell me, how do you, what questions do you ask yourself or you advise people to ask themselves for uh, uh, knowing if where, because we are so good at making excuses. So good. Sure. Oh my God. I'm amazing at it. Like I'm, I could, I have a PhD in that. I'm so good at that. <laughs> <laughs> that that's, that's easy. You know, that's, that's easy stuff. So the, 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 the little, the little creature uh, on one side of your head, that's giving you those small thoughts. It, it may be a different person, you know, some, from time to time. Sometimes it may be it's, it's your teacher from school who made you feel really stupid. You know, when I'm writing uh, my books and I'm getting a little stuck, I'll sometimes hear those teachers that, you know, said things like, you know, Michael is the worst spelling we've seen in 25 years as a teacher, you know, things like that. And you go, ah, come on, no, boo -boo, you know, and, you know, you got to get rid of that one. Sometimes it's, it's a parent, you know, or, or it's a, a spouse or, or somebody or a sibling, you know, who, who just doesn't believe that you – can or should be doing the things that you want to do. Sometimes uh, it's a peer. Sometimes it's, you know, it could be so many different voices. And I think we deal with each one of those voices differently. But the first thing that, the second thing that I do, once I look at, is it a big thought or a small thought? Second thing I, I look at is, am I going for approval or results? Huh. Which one is, am, I, am I going for? Because if you ask, if I, if you ask many people, Well, you're going for, what do you want, results or approval? They'll go, oh, I want results. Mm -hmm. And then if you pause and look at them, mm -hmm. you say, really? They go, <laughs> oh, okay, fine. I guess if I really admitted it, some part yeah. of the, some of my motivation is driven, you know, by results. I, I, I mean, by approval. approval. Now, it's interesting because when I was, I used to joke when I was younger, uh, you know, the male species, you know, would just completely stop shaving, washing, <laughs> we would do absolutely, we would get nothing. We would never get off the couch if we didn't want to find a mate. We just would never do it. So we're looking for approval and hopefully that approval produces a result, but that's a little bit different. That's not the kind of approval that I'm talking about here. That's, you know, I, I, uh, I'm, 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 I'm going for this promotion because I know that if I get it, then my peers will approve of me mm. or my parents will approve of me and, and everyone will be impressed with me. Uh, or, um, you know, I don't want, I want to make sure that everybody knows that I'm right in this situation mm. because I want the status of being right. It's not, a, even if the result, even if the whole relationship blows up, yeah. you know, whatever it is. Yeah. So that's, that's what I mean by driving towards uh, by being driven by approval yeah. rather than results. Yeah. It's that being driven by, it's not that approval in some circumstances, not good or. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, of course. And feels nice. But if it becomes like the main thing that everything we do is just to feel approval, that can become a problem. Yeah. Well, here's a, here's a very straightforward example of that. So if you're a service professional, you are uh, 
in service of others. You are somebody who is very empathetic, who cares yeah. deeply about the people that you work with and wants to do everything in your power to make them happy and fulfilled. And you're always thinking about their results. Mm -hmm. Well, if you are so focused on getting the approval of, say, clients, that you don't focus on your own financial goals, mm -hmm. you are jeopardizing your entire future. Yeah. And so, and so this is, there's a balance that we need to find. There's a difference between being in service of others while you stand in the service of your destiny mm -hmm. and trying to get the approval of others tell, you know, to, for tell people to tell you, Oh, you're so great. You're so great. You're so great. Uh, and, and, uh, and not paying attention to any of the results that you're going after. And look, I think social media is, is, is perpetuating this problem. I think it's making it worse. You know, we put something on, on Facebook and then mm -hmm. we value our worth by how many likes. likes we get or don't get that's mm -hmm. approval. Yes, yeah. totally, totally. Because, but and this part because we are these social animals that we need to f have the feeling that we belong to our tribe, our group that will protect mm -hmm. us and that yeah. give us some safety. But safety yeah. for what? If it's not for trying things that are stretching ourselves, it's always uh, yeah, because mm -hmm. well, we have this. You know, we have the old tribal mentality. We have the whole, the old, you know, the the million year old uh, uh, problem. Uh, that served our ancestors very, very well. You know, the fight or flight, um, you know, the, the, um, uh, the sort of deep, deep drive for, for certain kinds of needs, you know, are not, uh, don't serve us in the same way now that they once did. Mm -hmm. Because the circumstances are different. Now we live exactly. in... And how... Because this conversation can go in so many directions. But let's, let's think about that service professional that, is, that wants to make a difference. That is many of the people that you attract to the Book Yourself mm. Solid and your other programs are these people that really they feel that they are in the service of others. They feel that they make a difference, but they really feel lost with all the marketing and selling. And they don't sure. even... They hate it like you have in the subtitle title of the book, of the book Yourself Solid. Uh, so how you go about there to help them? Because they have this contradiction, in my opinion, that is, yes, they want to make a difference. Yes, they know that their services are really having a positive impact in other people's lives. But at the same time, they, they play small most of the time. Mm, sure. I, you know, I, I'll tell you a secret. Here's a secret. <laughs> I, I, if I did not have to, I would never do any marketing again. <laughs> There would just be no reason to do it. If I didn't have to, if, if my, if my business didn't require that I did marketing, I wouldn't do it. So I want, I say that because I want everybody to understand that I'm not somebody who is just I'm not a marketing nerd, meaning I don't love, like, oh, that's the new marketing thing. and Oh, that's so great. I'm, I don't geek out on that stuff. But what I, what I know is that in order to build a successful service-based business, you need marketing. Mm -hmm. So my feeling is if you have to do something in your life, if you have to be engaged with something, you might as well figure out a way to love it mm -hmm. rather than hate it. Because it's just a nicer way to live filled yes. with love than hate. Mm -hmm. So 
What it does do, however, is give you this opportunity to be fully self-expressed. It really is a remarkable uh, opportunity that we have given the different, uh, uh, different ways that we can market ourselves. I mean, if you decide that you, you want to use social media as a marketing tool, well, what a wonderful way to express yourself if you do it positively. Mm-hmm. For example, a blog. I mean, what, I mean a, a, um, a podcast. What a wonderful way to express yourself and your ideas. And it is also a marketing tool at the same time. Yeah. So I think that if we choose just a few marketing strategies based on our talents, based on our interests, based on our strengths, well, then we might even fall in love with the whole concept of marketing and selling. Mm -hmm. But what's important to remember is that the marketing is not going to get them the business. Yeah. And I I just should say to them, I often tell people that you teach Book Yourself Solid better than I do at this point (laughs) um, because you're just just so good at this. So you may have mentioned this to them before, but marketing doesn't actually book any business. It may create awareness, but what you do once somebody becomes aware of you is what actually books you the business. And I'll give you a a specific example of how one can use Facebook for marketing purposes and get sucked, sucked into the approval, Mm -hmm. um, the the need for approval problem uh, and the versus focusing on results. So, we, I use Facebook for marketing purposes, and I put things that I am interested in. I'll put pictures that I take if I go on a walk on my Facebook business page. I'll put, um, you know, notice about a, an event I'm doing. I'll write a little bit about some ideas that I have, and I'll put a picture of my grandmother who turned 102. Mm. I'll put a picture of the first time I shaved mm. my head, et cetera. <laughs> But what's interesting is that if I focused on the likes, mm-hmm. then I would realize that I should be in the business of putting up pictures about my grandmother and shaving my head mm-hmm. because those are the two posts that got more likes than anything else I've ever put on in a decade. Yeah. So, but not a full decade because it's mm-hmm. only 2008, but you get the point. <laughs> yeah. And, and my, my grandmother, I got 1,100 likes on wow. my grandmother turning 102, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that, but that will never work as a marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we actually buy Facebook ads mm-hmm. and we get, we, we study and, you know, again, we are not, we're not geeks. I mean, this is not, you know, we're not naturally uh, predisposed to this, but we study, we read, what do we have to learn to do enough, say Facebook marketing to bring in enough leads to uh, bring in enough clients. And so now we're focused on the results side. So we need to get this number of leads. Um, and then once that number of leads comes from Facebook, to uh, to our environment, well, then how many of them generally become clients? Yeah. You start to look at numbers and results, and you focus on the process. You focus on the process of improving the activities that you do, the actions you take to produce the result, rather than looking at your, your page and going, I didn't, I, I, I didn't get enough likes. Why, why doesn't everybody like me? That kind of thing. And I think it's that it's always that balance. It's not everything is not black and white. And the thing, because when you are speaking about the two posts that you got more likes, I think people is like, oh my gosh, it's a person, it's human, it's, but there is flesh and blood there. Uh, so, and you're 100% right. It's, you know, it's that balance, just like so many things in, in our life. It, sometimes, sometimes, Sometimes 
we really want things to be cut and dry. Mm -hmm. But very little in life is cut and dry. And I think we have to recognize, yes, results are very important. We should have that analytic way of think, seeing things. But then we cannot forget the, the need of connection. That, yes. yes, we can be very much looking for approval and that can be a problem. But we, I think there is a, a, a drive that we have as people connecting with each other and finding our own group. And that can be a positive thing. Yeah. You know, when people come into the Book Yourself Solid School of Coach Training or into the Book Yourself Solid Mentoring Program, they often immediately are overwhelmed in a positive way mm -hmm. because they feel like they found a home. Yeah. They feel like, wow, these people are like me and they already care about me simply because I'm here. And That connection that they have, the friendships, the bonds that they make, are what is so important about the way that we design our training environments. And at the same time, again, the balance. If we, how do you say, if they are not there just to say, oh, he's so good, they are there also to push us to the next yes. level. Yes, exactly. So, you know, we often say it's great to have pleasant conversations. But that's not why we're on this, you know, in the class right now or on this webinar right now or on the phone right now. You know, we're we're constantly uh, working toward achieving the goals that our students have expressed interest in. They say this is what we want to happen. And so then our job is to help them get there. And, you know, there's a theme that seems to be coming up here about balance. Yes. And it's interesting because often when people talk about balance, we talk about life-work balance. So mm -hmm. close your computer, don't stay on it, you know, mm -hmm. right before you go to bed, you know, make sure you have time for your family and for, all of that is wonderful. It seems the stuff that's also coming up for us is, is the balancing ideas. And, and balancing sometimes contradictory ideas. Yes. Well, they say, um, you know, a great leader can hold two different opposing thoughts or competing thoughts or contradictory ideas in their head at the same time and they're still able to function. Yeah. And I I've, my whole life, I've always felt comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. With, you know, there's some horrible things going on in the world and sometimes we get caught up in seeing one perspective. Mm -hmm. We say, this is, this is right, this is wrong. And I'm so interested in all the different views, the individual views, and, and to see how they, you know, they, they create a whole. So I'm, I'm very comfortable with that gray zone. And I think that helps me think big. I think mm -hmm. it really does because, because I see lots of opportunities, lots of openings. Yeah. And, and that's what we're trying to look for. Yeah. It's not black and white. You see the rainbow colors. Exactly. Yeah. And And I know that you work with thousands of people, uh, uh, service professionals, small business, uh, helping them thinking big about who they are and the impact that they can have in the world. And I think I find fascinating is that people that are attracted to you is because mm. of this message, your why of thinking big. Mm. But at the same time, they consciously, they want to think bigger. But at the same time, mainly in the, in the initial phases, they are, it's like there is a struggle that keeps them playing small. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. What, sure. do you, what do you think that is the mindset shift that happens that allows them to break that cycle of thinking small, of playing sm- uh, small? Because there is like, it's a, uh, uh, people are in that cycle, they feel overwhelmed, overwhelmed. That is sure. one of the words that sure. people tell more. And then suddenly yeah. you see people like clicking, something yeah. clicks, and, and whoa. Yeah. I think there's a, a couple things. I think... I wish it was as simple as one, of course, but I think there's a number of different things. And I think there's one of the things that happens is folks, uh, uh, they wake up to the idea that they can handle more responsibility than they thought they could. Mm -hmm. They wake up to the idea that they decide how they're known in the world. They decide who they have relationships with. They decide how they want to be treated. They start taking power back. They stop giving up their power. They start saying no to things that aren't right for them. And they are comfortable with the no, even though it may be hard Mm -hmm. to say the first time or the second or the third, but eventually they get comfortable with it. And they say yes to things that heretofore they may not have. Mm -hmm. And that, that is a very, very powerful place to be. And so that's when we start to see things clicking, when they when they start to write the narrative themselves. Be the authors and not just the, the uh, they are the, the ones that are writing their yeah. script. Well, look, look, you know, I really believe that all the world's a stage. Mm. I feel very strongly about this. And it's important to me that that you know that I don't think that means that we're pretending. Yeah. But I do believe that we play many, many roles in our life. We play different roles depending on the different situations we're in. And the different roles we play will require different parts of our personality. They will Mm -hmm. require different styles of behavior. They will require different types of thinking and learning and, um, and being. And the more comfortable we are, with all these different styles of behavior, these ways of thinking, these worldviews, the more situations we can put ourselves in and feel comfortable. And all of a sudden now we're inhabiting a bigger space. Yeah. So, so, you know, th- so when I say that all the world's a stage is that, well, you're the director, you're the mm-hmm. writer and mm-hmm. you're the performer. Yeah. And these loads of responsibility. It's a lot of responsibility, but also even more opportunity. Yeah. And the other interesting thing you're speaking about, because people, when when we are speaking about this of speaking and uh, seeing the world as the stage, the, the word pretend comes up as like uh, an opposite from authenticity. Yeah. And f- for me, the interesting thing is that if we have a good, uh, uh, if we are listening to uh, uh, seeing a good play or uh, seeing a good movie, we are living it with the person that is, how do you say, it's, it's an experience, it's an authentic yeah. experience. Yeah. And I find very interesting that one of the meanings of the word pretend is to claim something. Huh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that. So you are claiming, it's also stretching. Huh. Uh, and also to claim something. And I, I love that. It's not being fake because it's, as I think as many people say, oh, you are pretending. Yeah. But yeah that's really interesting. I really, really, really uh, get that. I mean, I really resonate with the way that you said that. That is cool. Yeah. So, so the best performers in the world 
meaning the best players of life, mm-hmm. are often the most authentic people. Yes. And again, is that contradiction. We have to be able to all that contradiction of yeah. what we want to become, what we want to be. We are not there yet. But yeah. if we start to claim parts of it, if we start to live as if we can yes. become that, yeah, How right. powerful that is. It's amazing. We, we use the acting concept, act as if. Mm-hmm. And if you act, act as if you feel comfortable in the room. Act as if you have the courage. Act as if you are confident. Because eventually you will start to feel that you belong in that room, that you have that courage. And act as if will turn into as is. Mm-hmm. And that recognition that we play so many roles and we have, and it's not that we are not authentic. We are, uh, we play different ways if we are in our family or with our parents, with our spouse, with our kids, in our working environment. But it's part of being flexible. Yeah, indeed. Flexibility, adaptability, very, very attractive qualities as well. It seems that people like working with others who are flexible and adaptable. And that doesn't mean they're pushovers. It doesn't mean that, you know, they water themselves down. But adaptability and flexibility are very different and and very, very attractive. And the thing is that because there is like a common theme that runs across, it's like a melody that runs across the different roles that we play. So true. And that is so, so important. How do you say... Um, is that what you speak in the book yourself solid in the the personal brand identity is so core to connect with why we do what we do yeah and let's say I play one role as a father another um, as a partner another as a uh, you know an executive of a company another as an owner of a company um, another as a high school buddy another as um, uh, a friend down at the marina, another as, etc., etc. Running through all of those roles is still that core message about thinking big. Yeah. That will never leave. Mm-hmm. But my styles of behavior may be a little bit different when I'm down hanging out on a construction site versus when I'm hanging out uh, in the library at the university with the PhD students. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you'll still see the same person. You'll recognize the same person. So it may be, these are maybe subtle distinctions if they're new ideas or new concepts. So, you know, what I suggest for the folks who are listening is just to, just to think about this. That's all. And just to start to see, you know, it's like when you think, you, you, you go and say, well, I think about Honda. And you see a green uh, Honda Accord. And then all of a sudden you, you see them everywhere. I didn't know there were so many green Honda yeah. Of course, you weren't looking for it before, so your reticular activating system didn't need to pay attention to it, etc. Yeah. And now you start to hear these things, start to see these things, you go, oh my God, you're right. And I really do play a different role here. And the other element I think that is in the mindset the shift that is necessary, and I'm becoming aware of it because it's happening at this moment in my environment, is that we always have the, uh, the phrase, oh gosh, if something is not perfect... Oh, yeah. Uh, and for instance, I'm recording this during the end of the year. And, uh, uh, and, and as you can listen, I have a beautiful interruption here in my side. That is my That's daughter. Great. That is a, That's great. She's almost six and she loves the mic and she loves to be on camera. What's her name? Uh, Hello. Say your name, please. Bella. 
Bella. Bella. <laughs> Hi, Bella. My name is Michael. How are you? She cannot listen, but say oh. hello to Michael. Say hello. Hello. Okay. Thank, thank you. you. And the, the thing, and now I, I didn't, this is not the ideal scenario for me to do a recording with a person that I admire so much like you. I would like everything to be silenced, everything to be perfect, to give the oh, yeah. best experience to the person that is listening on the other side. I really want sure. for them to absorb this message of thinking big, how they are going to resonate with us. But mm -hmm. if I was waiting until everything be perfect, we, we stop ourselves of doing things. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I can't tell you how imperfect and sucky I am so much. I'm writing another book right now. And I, I would just, I was emailing um, my, uh, my, my uh, Matthew and you know, these mm -hmm. folks, but yeah. others, Matthew and Amy and all these people. Yeah. And I'm like, just, if I ever say I'm going to write another book, <laughs> poke me in the eye with a burning iron. Just, don't, don't, you know, and, and Matthew said, you know what? You said that last time you wrote a book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I'm, I was working through today and I'm going, I hate it. This sucks. Oh, this is not working. Ah, rah, 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 rah. And, and that's, that's part of the process. But see, creative artists embrace that. We know that it's messy. Ira Glass said something very interesting uh, from This American Life. Uh -huh. He said that if you're an artist and I, Consider everybody who's listening to this an artist because anybody that is making something that doesn't exist, didn't exist before, yeah. is an artist. Even mm -hmm. if it's a business, yeah. you are creating a something. certain kind of art. So, so I, want to, I want everybody to think of themselves as artists because when you are a young artist or a new artist, you have very good taste. Mm -hmm. But what Ira Glass said is that you don't yet have the ability to produce something yes. that is as good as your taste. Mm -hmm. So it's very frustrating. And then what happens is you don't want to do your art. You don't want to do your work because it's just not as good as you want it to be or you know it can be. Mm -hmm. But then eventually, eventually it gets there. Eventually you will produce a few things in your life that it, that is as good as your taste. But here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I'm on my sixth book now. You know, I've been on all those bestsellers. <laughs> I've spoken to the biggest conferences in the world. I've got blah, 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 all that stuff. But I, I can tell you that there are only a few things that I have done that actually I feel were as good as my taste. Mm -hmm. So the, the majority of things that are out in the world that I have made mm -hmm. are below what I think is perfect. Mm -hmm. They they, in, in fact, I can see a million flaws, but here's the thing. Yeah. There is no way you, I would accomplish anything mm -hmm. if I just waited because the, because what I'm creating, it may be below my taste, but it is still beyond what the person who is uh, receiving it expects you know that's the thing it's you know again there's the balance right and, and it's important because we okay maybe it's not as good as it could be and okay we try for that to, uh, to make every time things better but if we don't put things out there if we don't experiment if we don't we are not making a difference we are not making an impact and it's so important to connect with that why we are doing what we are doing and go and for also, it also, you know, sometimes we make this assumption that people know what's going to work. Mm. You know, they go, they say, oh, well, Michael knows what's going to work. I mean, he knows how to write books and he just knows how, how to do it and it's going to be great. No, 
just because I've made books, written books before that people have bought and read doesn't mean that they're going to buy and read my next one. I mean, think about it. If, if, if Hollywood knew what (laughs) made a hit, Mm -hmm. they would just make hits. Yes. If publishers knew what would make hits, they'd only buy hits. Yeah. So even the people who you think are the best in the world at what they do, they often have failures, bombs. I I say there's, there's three kinds of uh, public speakers. Mm -hmm. There are the kind that, the kind that have bombed, which means, you know, really did Mm -hmm. a bad job, bombed. There's the kind that have bombed. There's the kind uh, that uh, hasn't yet bombed, but Mm -hmm. will. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's the kind uh, who have, but lie about it. Uh So, so, you know, at some point we will produce something that is not great. And that's just the way it is. And it's because, because of that, because we take that risks, because we are daring to fail, that we learn something and that allows us to create something that is really unique and really makes an impact. Yeah, well, look, we, we, you know, I talk a lot about raising the stakes. It's one of our core principles. We want to raise the stakes, make, make what you're doing important, make it matter, you know, make a big promise to the public because then you've got to deliver on that big promise. You've just raised the stakes, it's very different when you tell 10 customers that you're going to produce something for them by a certain date than your hamster, Phil, in the cage. Mm-hmm. Because Phil is not going to hold you responsible if you miss the deadline. Phil's not going to know yeah. you missed the deadline because Phil has a tiny little brain and can't speak. Mm-hmm. But the customers, they know. Yeah. They can. They go, hey, where's that thing that you said yeah. you were going to So you, it's going to push you because you've raised the stakes. So, and because I'm aware of the time here and I, uh, I really want to uh, keep to the time. Tell me, so we are in the end of the year, beginning of this new year. Um, and many people are making resolutions for themselves, for their businesses. What is the suggestion of advice that you have to help them to think bigger about their mission in this next year? Mm. Well, don't do resolutions. <laughs> I agree. Just don't do them. They're all just designed to, to, to fail. There, I, I think it might be maybe it's some some uh, small thinking master plan by the big uh, corporations to sell you more after Christmas, you know, because they want to set you up to fail. I'm just making this up. But <laughs> it's very, very hard. Resolutions are very difficult. So we just do planning regularly. That's mm-hmm. what we do. We just do a lot of planning and we work to achieve those goals and Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we exceed them. But we do it regularly. So it's not a, it's, we don't live by once a year we will think about how we're going to change. We are constantly changing. So we are constantly um, engaging in the plus delta idea yeah. of what works and what needs improvement, what works and what needs improvement. And this way, when I get to the end of the year, I, I, I sort of I forget. I say, what, what's going on with all these things? Oh, yeah, I'm getting emails and holiday cards saying happy holidays. Because <laughs> I, 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 I just don't, I don't get the New Year resolution thing because we are constantly working toward improvement. So I would rather focus on lots of little improvements yes. than trying to make some massive changes all at once, which then, of course, if you don't make uh, the change, then you feel that you are less capable than you actually are. So maybe the resolution, if some people really have to do something, can be like listen more to the voice in their shoulders that helps them to think big than the voice in their shoulders that keep them 
thinking small and playing small. Yeah, exactly. I that would work. I I'd be do that. Oh, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. I could I could dig that. Yeah, <laughs> I could dig that. I really have to uh, thank you so much for your time, and I really look forward to see you in person in February at in Florida because you are going to do this. Uh, speaking about thinking big, you are going to do yeah. this wonderful heroic public speaking live event where yes. people can go if they want to know more information about this. Uh, heroicpublicspeaking.com forward slash live. So that's heroicpublicspeaking.com forward slash live, L-I-V-E. And I will put... It's like love, but instead of an <laughs> O, it has not. I like it. And I will put this in the show notes that uh, we, uh, anybody that is listening can go to the show notes at mindset.zone. So instead of .com, it's .zone, mindset.zone. And the number of this episode, that is number 15. So mindset.zone, number 15. And like always, I would love to hear your comments, learn about your experiences. And you, even if you are listening to this podcast via my website, you can leave your comments below the show notes. Uh, if you are listening in your iPhone or smartphone, just I would love to know more about you. So contact me via email and phone. You also can find ways of connecting with Michael by going to michaelport.com. And I will also put that link in the show notes. And that's so grateful, Michael, for this interview, because I think that really makes an impact. Well, you're so sweet. Thank you. I never take it for granted. For me, an opportunity to be of service is 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 a wonderful opportunity. And to get to do it with you, who I have the most admiration for, most greatest respect for, uh, and so much gratitude for as well, uh, is a real, real pleasure for me. So, of course, because, you know, I want to do everything perfectly, I'm going to go, oh, I sucked. I should have been better. I didn't help enough. Mm. But then I'll make a New Year's resolution to say, no, next no. year. No. <laughs> or let's listen to the thinking big in our shoulder and you that are listening to this how can you from what you listen here from this conversation what is the small the baby step that you can make that makes a difference for you at this moment and uh, tell us about we love to hear and like always I like to end this episode by saying I'm grateful that you are there listening to this show Have a wonderful life and keep making a difference. Thank you for listening. And remember to visit Mindset.Zone. Yes, instead of .com is .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources. As always... I'm so grateful that you have crossed over into the mindset zone. Spend what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world.